While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. south coast tonight i'm marcus chris will be back tomorrow tomorrow again we've got an internet exclusive show for you guys you know we're the number one home for the patriots so we want to be able to broadcast the patriots we also want to give you be able to give you our great local programming that we offer here at wbsm we want to still be able to give you that and uh, for you to experience our content digitally so we're going to be offering an app and internet exclusive so if you got the app, you can, congrats, tune in tomorrow, and you can press the little call button to call in, too, and you can use a little uh, message to message me and Chris and talk to us. It'll be fun. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. So you remember, we have a council post game, right? Uh, we were talking about council post game. Uh, it is... We're going to have city councilors call in and react to the meetings that just happened. So talk about items that are really important. So there was, a, a, I think, a lot of important stuff on the next, on this uh, city council uh, meeting agenda. So I've asked uh, for council postgame tonight to get uh, the man in charge. Uh, city Council President Ian Abreu is joining us on the line now. Mr. Council President. Good evening, Marcus. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? How was the meeting? Good. Thank you. And I want to just uh, start by apologizing because I am driving back after the meeting. And if I dip out for a second, just let me know and I can repeat what I just said. You never know. I could hit a dead spot. Sounds good. I didn't know they had so, dead spots in the south end. <laughs> <laughs> we actually have a dead spot on Brock Avenue, a bad one, between David Street and about Ellen Street. So, yeah, it'll drop right off. But I'll make sure I take West Rodney French Boulevard home for this conversation. <laughs> I appreciate it. So, Ian, um, there's a few things on the agenda I want to talk about. One that, that a caller actually brought to my attention is that there was a, a candidate to uh, nominated for the licensing board to replace uh, Steve Beauregard, which, um, you know, I think people listening know who Steve is. He's been a very uh, powerful and influential figure in the city for a while. He's, um, you know, he's uh, head of the housing authority and he's been on the licensing board for a while. So uh, what's what happened with that? The item was referred to the committee on appointments and briefings. Um, I know it was kind of a controversial item, but what was before us tonight wasn't about whether or not Mr. Beauregard should remain or not remain or go to another appointment of a board or a commission. The question before us tonight was whether or not the nominee, Ricardo Resendiz, was a, an appropriate appointment. Normally, the protocol is that we send the appointment or the nominee to the Committee on Appointments and Briefings for a hearing. We have him or her come in. 
We talk about the issues. We talk about what their agenda is. We talk about what their experiences are. And then we take a vote up or down as to whether or not we feel they're an appropriate fit for the board or commission. So the item was referred to the committee on appointments and briefings uh, that passed by a 7-2 vote. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll be taken up in the month of August. Probably not because we don't meet much during the summer. But I would assume Councilor Carney, who's the chairwoman of appointments and briefings, will have the item heard sometime in the fall. Yeah, So, but but it's, it's, it's Steve's seat, right? It, it is. That's correct. Okay. The mayor uh, and the mayor never shared with me his rationale as to why he wanted to replace Mr. Beauregard. But he decided to, for whatever reason, maybe next time he comes on, you could ask him. But um, our our one of our core duties is to confirm or deny mayoral nominees and appointments, kind of like what the Senate does with Supreme Court justices and circuit court judges and whatnot. Sort of the role of advising consent is what you would say. So we'll see how this goes. If we feel as though Mr. Resendiz, whom we knew him as a police officer, but uh, getting to know what his ideas are for the board uh, and what he brings to the table, if we feel he's appropriate, we'll vote him up. If we don't, we'll we'll vote it down. And uh, and if it votes down, it doesn't mean Mr. Beauregard uh, would stay. It would just mean that the mayor would just renominate someone else to vacate that seat. He would just keep doing it until finally someone passed muster with the council. So what you're saying is uh, Mr. Beauregard's tenure in the licensing board is likely over. That's my understanding. He may have one more meeting left that might be scheduled or a couple of meetings, but his time is winding down. That is correct. That's really something. I mean, if you if you know the goings-on of, of the city, uh, that that's 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 quite the development, I, I would I say. I was told he goes back to the tyranny administration, believe it or not. That's pretty yeah. – that, that, that's a long – that's a lengthy bit of service. It is for sure. We'll we'll have to um we'll have to monitor that throughout the appointments and briefing session, and maybe we'll get the mayor uh, on the record about it. Maybe when he goes to Tim's on uh, on Wednesday. So, uh, so Ian, um, you, there was also a question about the MBTA, whether or not New Bedford should join the NBT, MBTA. Now, obviously, there's been a lot going on with that. Uh, particular um entity uh you know of quite literally on fire uh and some other disasters uh that are happening so what what is what is up with that so i was advised by our election uh, commissioner manny debrito as well as our uh, solicitor's office that in order for us per massachusetts statute per the constitution of the commonwealth in order for us to receive commuter rail access or any municipality to receive commuter rail access, we have to put the item to a referendum vote for this upcoming fall on September 6th. So that's why it was before us tonight. So I asked Commissioner DeBrito, I said, well, if the populace voted in the negative, not in the affirmative for MBTA service, what would happen? Would rail service stop? And he said pretty much, I guess technically, yeah, it could. The whole thing was pretty crazy, if you ask me. Uh, My colleagues and I had never seen anything like this before. I don't know if you've ever seen or heard anything like this, but this is kind of how it all went down. And if you'll indulge me, I can pull over. I'm pulling over right now. You don't read and drive. You don't do that. That's (laughs) against Mark Montigny's, my good friend Mark Montigny's signature texting and driving law. But I'll read you exactly what the mayor's papers from Manny DeBrito says about this just so you and your listeners can get a better understanding. So here it goes. Dear Council President Abreu and honorable members, 
at the request of Manuel DeBrito Jr., chairperson of the Board of Election Commissioners, I am submitting your consideration for proposed order calling for a special municipal election to be held on November 8th. So I made a mistake. It's November 8th, 2022, that the question, shall this city be added to the Massachusetts Bay Transportation Authority, be placed on the ballot? This Hmm. is described in the language, Mass General Law, Chapter 161A, Section 6. At this time, the city is not an MBTA district city relative to the construction of the South Coast Rail, as we all know. By statute, any city or town seeking to receive transportation service from the MBTA must seek approval from the voters via a referendum. A decision by the voters must be made prior to revenue service beginning the next year. Therefore, the certified election results must be submitted no later than January 1st, 2023. The Election Commission Chair has recommended that a special municipal election be held simultaneously with the November 8th, 2022 state election and that the proposed order be adopted by the council at its August meeting to ensure that the question can be timely posed on the ballot for the electorate in November. The city would be responsible for the cost of printing the separate municipal ballot for this referendum question. Thank you for your consideration on this matter. Very truly yours, Mayor Jonathan F. Mitchell. So I hope, hopefully that letter I read to you gave a little better context about yeah, the situation. Yeah, that, that makes a lot more sense. It's just kind of insane to me that, like, this South Coast Rail is, like, decades in the making, right? Like, three, four decades in the making. We're wasn't finally... That governor, wasn't it Governor Welch who said, if you don't get it, you can sue me? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yes, yeah, yeah. and that was in the early 90s. So, right. um, so... Uh, yeah, decades in the making. We're almost there, and this now it like it has to go to a ballot referendum, so it could plausibly, if this doesn't go well for one reason or another, uh, right. we could not get rail service. Like we could this build this a, rail, and then the train's thing. not coming. Right. We've invested over a hundred billion dollars. When you talk about throughout all the years, you add it all up between oh, man. permitting, design, environmental work, uh, 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 securing permits, making sure there are no EPA or MEPA. Uh, uh, or Board of Health violations or environmental yeah. injustices here. Think of all the studies that have been commissioned, all the attorney's fees, everything else and all of the sort. Uh, the meet has been running. What a shame it would be if this were to be denied. Yeah, yeah, that would be... So so I assume, you know, we're, we're, we're you know, you're going to be out there convincing people because I know, you, you know, you're going to be doing some campaigning for people that you've endorsed, right? So uh, you're going to be out there talking to people about, like, hey, vote yes on this. Um, absolutely. Otherwise, we're not vote. getting the train. Uh, absolutely. I wholeheartedly endorse South Coast Rail. I know that there are some issues as it relates to property values and thus uh, the raising of property values. What does that mean for rent or gentrifying neighborhoods? And we're trying to work and mitigate those problems, working with that delegation or figuring out how we can work on uh, matters involving rent control or trying to figure out certain types of overlay districts where rents could be capped. So there's a lot of creative things. Uh, I'm talking to Representative Henriksson, Representative Cabral, Senator Montigny. So a lot of these actions would have to be taken at the state level, but well, we're on it. But what, uh, circling back, what I wanted to say is I do support rail service. I always have, even given back, uh, going back to my, my private uh, sector work with the Chamber of Commerce, uh, with my colleague, Hugh Dunn. We've served on the executive board of the Rail to Boston Coalition. Right. So um, the benefits of South Coast Rail uh, are pretty obvious, and I'm not going to get into all the bullet points now, but we know what it means for, for two-way commerce, economic, educational, and healthcare opportunities, uh, and tourism opportunities for greater New Bedford and New Bedford in general. 
Yeah, absolutely. Definitely going to be keeping an eye on that. Uh, so I assume I didn't. Uh, if you said it, I might have missed it. You voted what on that? What was the vote on that? That was a unanimous vote, sir. Okay, good. That's good. It's good to hear. So, Ian, uh, what else did you think was important on tonight? I looked at the agenda, and uh, it seemed like, I don't know, a lot. No, the, you know, the, the, the only other motion that maybe I talk about that I'll, I'll address is uh, there was a motion to bring the players of the parallel products development. Oh, I did see that. Appointments and briefings to talk about how the deal was struck, how this all uh, came down. And I know I was quoted in the press release as saying that I felt as though it was a pretty good deal for the neighborhood given the biosols were, were going to be taken away and the trucks were not going to be on Phillips Road. I know, uh, I know, uh, you know, one of my colleagues kind of took a little shot at me tonight uh, wondering why I co-sponsored the motion. But um, oh, I can guess who to... that was. <laughs> but you know what, Marcus, last time I checked, this was America. and People can change their opinion when new information comes to them, and uh, that's okay. Um, I know that this, at the end of the day this uh, is going to be up to MEPA and the yep. state. However, I do have concerns from the neighborhood because, for example, one thing I wasn't aware of is um, as far as the tonnage and the trucks that are going back and forth, it's going to be self-reported by parallel products. Well, of course, there's always that insinuation that maybe they won't be truthful. I'm not saying they would or they wouldn't, but if it's self-reporting, how do you really know how many trucks are going in and out of the park for the traffic study and what they plan on doing? So I'm concerned about that. I am glad the bio stalls are gone, but I'm also concerned about trucks lined up on Braley Road or going into the industrial park. Uh, I know the parallel product uh, facility will be enclosed, but what about the trucks? Are they enclosed? Are they going to be open? We're not sure about any of that. So um, there's nothing wrong, you know, if you're a quarterback, there's nothing wrong with audibling at the line and calling for a, a check down, right, or a check down uh, once the ball is hiked. Uh, you know, you can always look at other things, and it doesn't mean that uh, you hope you're fully against it, but you certainly want to ask questions, and there's nothing wrong with that. So did you think, like, something changed? Were you like, oh, wow, well, maybe I don't like this as much? And is there really anything you can do about it? It really comes down to the Board of Health. The Board of Health will have a vote on it in the end uh, to see if whether or not they feel as though there's any type of environmental or health injustice going on. So they'll really be the final voting authority or a body on this. Sure. However, um, as you know that, I believe, and it's been documented by the station, but um, the neighborhoods have come out in droves. And I, I honestly thought that maybe uh, a lot of the folks in Pine Hill Acres and look, my my aunt and uncle live on Ivy Street, so I've got family ties to that area, and I've, you know, I've done fairly well over there, and you know, and I support those neighborhoods. And they've come out in droves saying, you know what, we appreciate the deal in some degree, but we have some other additional concerns about it that we want to be at the table. And I will say this: this is where I think the mayor may have made a little lapse in judgment, in my opinion. Um, well, this was cut. I know that you can't knock on every door of a neighborhood and ask for their approval of it back of a host agreement. I know that's not realistic, sure. but when you've got the CAP group, the Citizens Against Parallel Products and the neighborhood uh, leaders, they probably should have been I'm thinking maybe about, hey, we're thinking about a host agreement. Here's some of the points we want to get. Here's what they're looking to mitigate or get rid of. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? I think maybe that would have been a little more of appropriate uh, of yeah. an action. The mayor didn't do that, and I was a little disheartened by that when I learned. I, I figured that that was already a foregone conclusion that the neighborhood group that was leading the effort was engaged. I mean, as you know, I think you know Jacob Chin. Uh, I know him as well. 
he's part of the group and he's an attorney. I'm sure he would have loved to have looked over the document. Um, so let's get the players to the table in appointments and briefings and let's have a discussion and see how it all shakes out. So has the mayor ever asked you to be a part of one of his press releases before? He has. I, 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 I've been part of the press releases um, for the ARPA expenditures, like for the okay. facade program and for the summer concert series. Yeah, I have been um, on his um, press releases in the past, yes. And MEPA, for, for, every, uh, for people who don't know, is the Massachusetts Environmental Protection Act. Uh, and so um, I believe that's a review by the, uh, um, uh, the um, Mass Environmental Protection Agency. Uh, basic or Mass Department of Environmental Protection to, um, you know, review environmental considerations to approve or not approve certain projects like this one. But, you know, honestly, we all know Parallel Products is a very well-financed company. They probably have all those T's, T's crossed and I's dotted um, on that one. Ian, um, uh, did the CIP pass today? It did. It passed in the amended amount of ten million seven hundred plus thousand. The nine hundred thousand uh, was amended out in finance. I did not vote for that, but that's what passed in committee, and that's what passed tonight. So the the nine hundred thousand dollars that was set aside for rehabbing the former police station uh-huh. on uh, Pleasant Street will now remain in its current state of disrepair. It's just the way yeah. it's going to happen for now. It's really stupid. But, well, yeah, I don't vote for it. But um, I mean, whatever. People have their rationale, and I'll I'll talk to somebody who voted against it. I'm sure, and ask them why. Just on its face, doesn't seem yeah. like a good vote. Well, hey, everyone has the right to their opinions, but I voted against it. But the sure. most, most important thing is that we're going to get the three million for the roads and sidewalks. That's in the bag. Uh, we're going to have uh, the, the 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 new tasers. Uh, guns and bulletproof vests for the police officers. Sure. The shed, the DPI to, for the for the for the truck storage. So a lot of these important uh, the the zoo in regards to their ADA compliance mm-hmm. uh, needs and for the bathrooms that's going to be done. That's great. It's not a done deal yet. Uh, we had to pass it to a second reading. Mm-hmm. We passed it in its first form tonight. It'll be passed, I hope, in its second reading in September. That's great, Ian. Uh, thank you for calling in and updating us on that. We appreciate it. Uh, anything else before I let you go? No, that's it. I appreciate the post-game show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have you on again. Thanks, Ian. That was City Council President Ian Abreu giving us our council post-game segment. Again, after every full council meeting and after some big committee meetings, too, we're going to have a city council call in and give their immediate reactions, let you know what's going on in real time. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. Right, you don't have to wait till tomorrow to see what's you know to 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 see what's going on to see what happened. You don't have to wait till the minutes are approved. You can hear about it right here on WBSM on South Coast Night, and it's one of my favorite features of of the program. Okay, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred is how you can get on the program. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. This is South Coast Night with Marcus and Chris. Will be back tomorrow. New Bedford's News Talk Station. Hey, welcome to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. Five zero eight nine nine six. 0500 is how you can get on the program. That was our council postgame segment with Ian Abreu. We want to give you guys updates, uh, live reactions to what happened in the city council meetings. And Council President Abreu, I thought, did a really good job encapsulating all the important stuff that happened, the capital improvement plan approval, the MBTA question to put on the ballot, and um, the uh, parallel products and... The license, the new candidate for the licensing board, that's to me is that's something that's really something, 
You know, again, we Ian talked about it. I talked about it. If you know the goings on in New Bedford, um, Steve Beauregard has been on that board for quite some time. He's the head of the housing authority. Been a you know a uh, a quiet but um, a quiet but sig- significant presence in in the goings on of the city. So, and you know the mayor. Mayor Mitchell has, he can appoint whoever he wants, right? I mean, it's his, that's in the charter. That's in the charter. He doesn't have to appoint a guy because he's been there a long time. But I think it does warrant an explanation as to why. Again, Steve's been there for a long time. So I'm definitely curious to hear why he, why he decided that Mr. Beauregard's tenure could be over. I mean, maybe Mr. Beauregard decided that. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know the conversation. Um, that was had, or I if there was a conversation, I don't know the reasoning, but I think it does warrant. Uh, I think it does warrant an explanation from Mayor Mitchell. You know, again, it is his choice, but I think it warrants an explanation. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. Hello. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, can you hear me? Yep. Yeah, so I think it does um, warrant um, uh, questioning about why it was, because there's a lot of shady things going on by this administration and. Ian didn't bring it up, but I was at the council meeting today, and I heard something that quite shocked me. Uh, Linda Morad has been asking about financial information, you know, for the, for the budget process. Okay. And the administration sent word down to the, all departments they're not to give her any information. Everything comes from the administration, which has never happened before. So she actually had a use a tactic that she was talking about, only used by reporters up until this point. She had to file a Freedom of Information Act. Yeah, you never really hear of an elected official filing a FOIA request. No. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. I mean, and then they were also talking about CAP because I was there for against Parallel Products, mm-hmm. and the mayor was walking in the walks. We're fighting with you, and then he does an agreement and talks to. And nobody. Right. So my question is, you know, did they get campaign donations? How do you completely 180 on a subject that you're protesting marches and all of a sudden, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, if anything happens, we'll give, you know, the city will pay for it. And, yeah, you can self-regulate. Yeah, self-regulation worked out good for, like, Three Mile Island. That worked out fantastic. <laughs> well, they right? are, they, yeah, they, they are going to connect. I think the New Bedford is going to collect some uh, some fees, that, you know, per tonnage of, of waste that's going to be uh, handled there, right? Yeah. Well, the thing is, how much are you going to lose in property values, too, right? Yeah. And not only that, what's the health of it? And if you look at that 900 page report, which I know that's a lot to go through, mm. but this is a this is going to be a regional site. So it says right in it, it's a regional site. So this is just the foot in the door. It yeah. says we're going to get Constable, Plymouth, and Bristol County. We are going to be the trash center of southeastern Massachusetts. So that will be that's a real good look for the city. We are the dump of Massachusetts southeast uh, section. That's ridiculous. You know, you put these things, there's plenty of areas where you can have separation from neighborhoods. Put it a mile, two miles into the woods, completely away. Yeah, the truck will have to go to it, but you're not processing it in someone's backyard. It's literally 600 feet in someone's backyard. It's a joke. 
you drive by there, you take a picture, you can see the place and the person's backyard right next to the kid's swing set. It's, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. Now, what do you think of the, like, I guess one of the arguments I think is they had to do a deal, otherwise Parallel Products was just going to get what they wanted anyway because they were doing all, they were playing, they were going by the book. You know, look it, that's a bunch of BS because you think that they dropped biosolids out of the goodness of the heart? No, because biosolids are loaded with PFAS. Anyone can do the research online. There's no market for that fertilizer they used to make from it because you, it ruins the agricultural land. It ruined it in Maine. They're completely, you can't use the farm because they'll be using the bio-generated fertilizer. That's why they stopped it. Right. There's no market for it. That's why. I mean, we, you know, they think we're naive, but that wasn't an agreement. There's no market for it. And it's tremendously dangerous to health with all that PFAS in there. But now, oh, the new mitigated thing, oh, yeah, we're going to put... You know, we're going to take the um, the trash transfer. We're going to collect any um, leakage from the uh, from transferring it, and it's going to go into the waste system. Well, okay, now you're going to super concentrate, right? Because they're spraying it down with mist and water. Now you're going to super concentrate those PFAS systems and overlog our wastewater treatment plant. And now we get to get rid of concentrated PFAS from that because PFAS is basically in so many products. You know what I mean? That that are out there. So, can you explain that, what that is for the audience? Uh, PFAS is a chemical. It's called Forever Chemicals. They're they're uh, carcinogenic, and they're getting uh, they're regulated now in drinking water. And knock on wood, New Bedford so far doesn't have a problem with their drinking water with PFAS. But a lot of ground um, groundwater sites get contaminated with it, like especially down the Cape. They use it from, like, firefighting foam, so it gets into the ground. It contaminates the well water, and it costs millions of dollars to fix that. No. And now, this, this right next to that plant is uh, the Great Cedar Swamp. If that gets into, if that, gets into that groundwater, there's, there's sites downstream in Dartmouth that use uh, well water. Are their well water going to get contaminated? Yeah, You know, right. there's so many. It, it's it's the, the worst possible spot. It's in a swamp in people's backyards. It's like if you if you did if you were a dot at the state uh, the map of the Massachusetts, <laughs> you couldn't hit a right. worse spot than it landed on. Jeez. Uh I mean you've painted a pretty terrifying picture of, of what's to come with this parallel products deal. Is there do you think there's any avenue left to do anything about it? Well, I mean, the only thing is, you know, people make environmental justice laws like the, the federal government and the state government. Mm-hmm. They're going to enforce it. We are the sixth most overburdened city in the state of Massachusetts. So you decide to we're going to put it here and we're going to subject uh, environmental justice community. Uh, it's also uh, the three uh, criteria. They go income, uh, minority population, you know, and. There's so many people affected it. It's right in environmental justice zone. So how do you make laws, but then you don't enforce them? It's either you're for it or you're against it. And I know, I mean, i got to give credit. Ed Markey has been fighting for us. You know, Elizabeth Warren is a no-show. Can't get anything from her. She's disappeared. But Markey, I tell you, i got to give him credit. You know, he's very good. He's been involved with this? Yes. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't know that. 
Hey, thanks for the call. That was really informative. I appreciate yeah, that. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's that's really cool. Um, I mean, it's horrifying, but I didn't know Ed Markey was involved. I think that was a very informative call, and I appreciate it. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Thanks for holding. Hey, good evening, Marcus. Uh, good good, uh, good local stuff. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, listen, I it's hard to get information these days, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. And, 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 and in terms of local stuff, I get my weeklies. Uh, I'm just in Plymouth County, but... Um, you know, so you, I really rely on you guys and I appreciate it. And, and this is almost a one year anniversary of uh, Phil coming in on a Sunday when we had a storm. I remember because that. I, I was listening. Yeah. Oh man. I'm like, oh my God, this is, you, you guys are such a resource. So thank even you. Though I, yeah. Even though I can't stand you most of the time, I really, <laughs> I Thanks. listen all the time too. Right? <laughs> I appreciate it. And, and that last call, it, it occurred to me, you know, there's another one up in PJ Keating, which might, yeah, uh, it affects as many people or quite, and I didn't quite understand the compound that he was talking about. So I'd like a, I'd like a little more info on that. Maybe I can look it up, and maybe you can explore it further. I mean, I um, hope to hear from that call in the future. That was a great call. I, I, well, yeah, I've heard yeah. about the stuff down the Cape with the firefighting foam, which is a very you know kind of a unique thing, and then the recycling. I, I, I wouldn't have necessarily uh, associated the two, but. You know, I have to ask, uh, where, where's Maura Healy? I mean, she she goes out and she sues, you know, ExxonMobil for things like, you know, uh, their, their, you know their, their accounting uh, practices. Right. Uh, you, know, you know what I mean? She, she, yeah. And she's now she's suing, she's joined in another suit uh, against some of the, the red states that are very uh, abortion restrictive. You know, which might be fine. I just... But she's she wants to get the New Bedford vote. Where's where's she at? She's the attorney general, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I know. You know, she's right. She's campaigning. Ed Markey, Ed Mar- this is Ed Markey's job. He's a U.S. senator. This right. Is a, this is a state attorney general's job. Well, you know what though, I do because I was skeptical of Ed Markey having any real like uh, presence here because. Um, he more or less hadn't, you know, during his time as senator. But I do appreciate, uh, I do appreciate him getting involved in stuff like this. Yeah, I agree. You know, um, where is where is the the attorney general's office and enforcement on on issues like this? PJ Keating, um, that was a situation which uh, people were able to do something about it, right? There was, uh, you know, all, all oh, kinds a lot of, of lawsuits flying around. I don't, yeah. I, I'm not that, I'm not that up on it. I just mm-hmm. know that's. You know that's one of those things that the quality of life in the in the, in the local neighborhood, and, and I'm not sure about any you know water. Yeah, my, you know, our, my friend, uh, state rep Chris Hendricks. He's he's no longer he's soon to not be representing that area, but he still represents that area in the state house. And I know that they were able to stop some operation over there because they were drilling, and there was all kinds of dust coming up from the quarries, and it was getting in people's backyards and all of that. And I think they were able to at least limit it. I know. I remember. I think PJ Keating had a sign outside that said, I, "Like I, th- I think my my latest understanding." I really am not um, qualified to talk on about it but they they're back and forth there there are lawsuits there are repeals yeah, of course. Are, you know season to assist sure uh but but anyway so don't so i do appreciate that and and i i want to point out that more healy should uh probably be a little more uh attentive to what's going on given her you know general political philosophy because she she is about environmental justice but she's been silent on this one and and i but i did have a question mark as sure. this is just kind of out of left field 
Okay. As I used to know a little bit about the radio business back in the day when it was, you know, the different formula. Sure. And, and um, you know, there were big newsrooms and stuff. I was just curious, um, the BSM, the station where you guys all show up to work every day, do you guys get delivery of, uh, of, of various newspapers and publications? And if so, um, you, you know, you get a few copies to share. And, and, and what are they? If you can, if you can share that. So here's what I know so that we all digital now. Yeah, so that's the thing. We so we have digital subscriptions to um, uh, news entities. The one thing we do get uh, copies of, uh, hard copies of, delivered to our door is the copy of the Fairhaven Neighborhood News. There's always a stack that's dropped off. That's a free. That's a free publication. You can you can get that in a lot of places. Guys went all out for that one. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so, but we do have. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's a valuable publication. It is. I, I appreciate the work yeah. Beth, that Beth David does. But um, so uh, so yeah. So we have a we have subscriptions. I know we have a subscription to like publications like Statehouse News, which is important because Statehouse News is a is a resource that really only only news only media people can subscribe to. Um, oh, is that right? Yeah. So, yeah I, know, so, I know Phil cites it a lot in the Commonwealth. Magazine yeah, Commonwealth Magazine is is that's digital. a free that's a free publication that's digital that's a great yeah. resource too. But yeah, we have we have public we have subscriptions to certain news sites like one of them being uh, one of them being uh, State House News. I have my own. I don't know if they, they have a. I think I believe we have a subscription to the Times too. I have my own subscription to the the Boston Globe just because I want my own subscription, you know, to it. So I yeah. I pay for that by myself. But we do have. I, I, I would suggest because it would be short money. They probably just they probably do it gratis because they need you guys to talk about them. But I would suggest hard copies in the station of the, you know, the three majors, the Journal, the, the uh, Times, and, and the Washington Post. And, of course, you know, the you know Providence and Boston papers. Yeah. But you guys, they should be delivering, I would think, you know, enough for each host and producer to have a, a look-see. And, and it's because uh, it's a different experience when you peruse through a paper newspaper as opposed to searching on a on a computer screen, I yeah. mean, it's quite it's quite different, and uh, and and it really is it's extraordinarily different. Yeah, that's the thing is is you know a lot of the local you know there's a lot like Beth David is I think unique. Um, you know, and there's papers in Dartmouth and, you know, there's Sipican Weekly and all of that. Those, those papers are still doing local stuff. You know, a lot of the other papers. Oh, no, I, I, mean, I was talking about more of the, of the, cause you guys dip on national stuff too. I, I yeah. just meant, I, I meant for the, for the local stuff, you, you, you have what you have. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was just thinking of more of the, I was surprised that you guys don't have, uh, uh, you know, you, that, that's. Because you know, you know, Barry maybe more than than you. You know, you, you guys still you you, you broach on um, national topics all the time, right? And those, and and uh, but the, I, I just think personally, I, and I remember seeing a radio station where the stuff used to come in. And, you know, I would pick up pick up a paper just like you pick up the the Fairhaven Times, right? Fairhaven News. You you know you, you had your own copy of the the journal to cut up and, and yeah. mark and, and use for your show. Well, I, I like the Fairhaven paper because I'm in it every week. <laughs> That's what I like about it. I'm in it every week. But um, yeah, I you know it's not something that I've I've really. Th- you know, it's it's typically like I use the Statehouse News Service subscription. I got the Globe subscription. Um, I know that I know they we have digital subscription el- elsewhere, but I do agree. Yeah, it's a different experience to to browse through um, newspapers. I, I do the same with books too. I prefer to have an actual book in my hand 
rather than yeah, do like yeah, a Kindle. I mean, uh, yeah, there's, there's, yeah, it's a different experience, and um, but but also just having access to it's in front of you, you can't yeah. ignore it. Like you can skip over a, an obnoxious ad or a pop up on right. a computer screen. You you see a headline. You, yeah, it's it true. Draws your attention, and, and you know, and the for me, the the Wall Street Journal is is the kind of the last. Um, you know, refuge of a scoundrel like myself. Believe they're the top paper. Well, no, it's uh, is it Gannett? It's either them or, or Gannett, but I think Wall Street Journal is the best the selling. USA Today, yeah, yeah, USA Today slash Gannett. They're the they're the highest circulating paper. Wall Street Journal second. The sports editor in USA Today just just as you you reminded me of it as you mentioned them. I used to get it when I would travel and be at the newspaper, you know, at the hotel door. Um, <laughs> the sports editor. Suggested that Brett Kavanaugh, you know, current justice yes. Kavanaugh, associate justice Kavanaugh, should never be allowed to teach, uh, to coach, uh, um, oh yeah, you uh, you soccer again because he was a threat. I mean, um, uh, I mean, he wrote he wrote that he wrote that during during the hearings, and yeah, you know when when uh, Avenatti's. And, uh, you know, the crazies came out of the woodwork to accuse this guy of being worse than... Right. You know, uh, no, I, I hear that. Um, that's an interesting... All, all, all bars, are, all, all holds are barred, right? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Hey, thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. i got to take this thanks, break. Th- thank care. you very Bye. much. All right, if you're on the line, stay on the line. i got to take this break. I'll be right back. Listen to us live. Welcome back. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Yeah, what's up? What's up, man? Um, Ah, not much. I've been kind of taking a break with all this crazy Trump stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't really want to hear the sheriff debate last night. Oh, you're one of the few because we got a lot of calls that came in. I already know who's going to win, but I don't want to be a spoiler. Okay. Um, I mean, I I hope one of those guys wins, but I don't know. You, you, do, but, do you, so you're going to vote for the other guy against Hodgson? Good damn right. Okay, so you don't even. It doesn't even matter to you who wins. It matters to me. I just thought. I just think Tom Hodgson's too powerful. Yeah. That's you know, but I, there, there could be there could be a miracle here. You think it'd be a miracle? Yeah, I think if Tom Hodgson loses, it'll be it'll be a, a miracle. Well, it's really definitely do. a tall order to beat a well-financed incumbent that's been there for a long time, you know. And again, he's you know he wouldn't be where he is if he didn't get a lot of Democrat votes too. So, um, I think yeah. you know I think they've all I think these guys agreed. That's why they they made that the, the top issue is who can take on Hodgson because they know it's a it's a tall task. The guy with the most money. Yeah. Well, that's that's one guy. You yeah. already established that earlier in the program, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Haru's got more. He outpaces the guy in second by 50000 So it's, you know, uh, in, t- in total fundraising. So, I mean, it's it's really in that in that, in that, in that analysis, it's not close. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, I could have anything that happen. I, I, again, I've seen Bernie or Science here. It's it's you know he's running a good campaign too. He's run he's run good campaigns. Uh, but again, I think you know Haru. I think Haru did the best job last night. Yeah, 
Uh, Mr. Trump, what's what's going on with this now? They want to open a subpoena thing? Yeah, they're trying to open a warrant affidavit, and a warrant affidavit is basically an explanation to the judge of why, you know, there's probable cause that a crime has been committed and, and the evidence can be found there. So uh, the U.S. government doesn't want it open because they think it's a roadmap to, uh, of their investigation. Um, and the, uh, it's the media, actually, the Associated Press that's asking for it to be unsealed because they feel like it's, there's a, there's a significant public interest. Now, the judge has said, has asked the government to send them, uh, to send them, uh, redacted versions for him to review and potentially release. So it looks like he's poised to release one of those warrant affidavits. He does not convinced by the government's argument. Now, uh, as far as what's on there, um, I think people are still saying nuclear secrets, right? I mean, not people like the media are still reporting nuclear secrets. There was now that 2019 investigation into uh, Trump's uh, potentially selling nuclear technology to the Saudis. That's now being brought up again, especially in light of Trump going on that, going to the Saudi golf tournament and support it, you know, and basically supporting it and saying, you know, because there's some speculation that the Saudi government had involvement in 9-11 because uh, 15 of the 19 hijackers were Saudi uh, Saudi official uh, were not I mean Saudi official Saudi uh, Saudi nationals and they had some contact with people that had some contact with the Saudi government so so and then he said oh well it's too bad no one got to the bottom of it you know even though he was the president and he could have declassified documents whenever he wanted you know and hence and he didn't in a lot of cases hence why we're in this situation but yeah the Warren affidavit might be uh, might be uh, released to the public, albeit heavily redacted. So it might yeah. we might actually get a better picture of what's going on. Hey man, I got a long break here. I got to take it. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Here's what's happening this week.